Welcome to The Unrehabilitated. I am Mike Savala. I am your host, and this is Eric Hoyo, Eric with a K, my co-host. Um, we're here together uh, today, and we appreciate you tuning in with us. Um, if you guys like the episodes, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, also, we are open to any feedback or any questions that you guys might have. Either myself or Eric will answer those questions on social media or uh, YouTube or any other social media platform. Um, we uh, wanted to talk today about, you know, um, answering some questions about prison. And um, while well, spending 12 straight years in prison, in state prison myself, I feel I have a pretty good understanding of how it works. Um, I'm gonna say right now, I'm not speaking on behalf of any, you know, group in particular. I'm just kind of giving you a general idea of like what I know um, without you know um, stepping on anybody's toes but one of the questions I, I have gotten most recently was the question if um, like if an average person goes to prison do I just get to go and do my time and I told the person well no it doesn't work that way you have to uh, initially when you get incarcerated you have to pick basically they ask you who do you want to run with and that means that who do you want to be housed with who do you want to live in who do you want to live in a cell with and um it's 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 i got to divide it up into four main categories you have well you know you have the blacks and uh, that are divided and mainly into two groups you have them divided up into bloods and crips and i feel like staff you know, uh, the correctional department won't typically house them together because they're like, you know, known enemies. So there's a respect to allow them to either, you know, wait for another blood to live with or another crib to live with. So that's how they're divided up. As far as the whites goes, they are divided up into uh, any white supremacist group. And I want to say, and I want to say that, you know, any political white supremacist group is mainly the ones that are, you know, going to be a little bit more um, savvy when it comes to prison rules and, and the regulations and how the day-to-day program is going to go. And then you have under them, just any white person that comes to prison, they'll be classified as woods. Um, you have the Mexicans. Uh, the Mexicans make up a large portion of the prison population in the state of California. And uh, we're divided up into the north and the south, you know, um, um, any and by the north, you know, I, I mean that you have anybody that might be from like, you know, uh, and, and there might be southerners over there as well. But, you know, you have the people from, you know, the Bay Area, Sacramento, you know, uh, Modesto. Those are mainly uh, North Mexicans. And then you have the southern Mexicans, which is anything under, you know, Bak- Bakerfield and under, you know, even though you might have southern Mexicans all over California. But those are the main d- divides. And also, um, the Mexicans are also, they have a third category, which is typically going to be the paisas. Any Mexicans that usually the people that run with the paisas are people that are born in Mexico, that are not from, you know, not from uh, the United States, and they have a thick accent, you know, or have trouble speaking. You're a mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're local mechanic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, you might, and, and they might bleed into one another and stuff like that. And then you also have a fourth category, sorry. You have anybody that's, you know, um, not of those three categories, which would be 
uh, the Salvadorians, the Nicaraguenses, they have the Native Americans, you have the Samoans, the Middle Easterns. They are going to run in a category, or in any Asian, they're going to run in a category called the others. So we have four main, uh, four main groups. You have the whites that are divided up themselves, the blacks that are divided up themselves, the Mexicans, and the others. Those are the main, main groups. So um, why do you have to choose a group? Well, the reason you have to choose a group is, you know, is for protection. Protection against, you know, other inmates. So you might be, you know, an incredible martial artist, for instance. But if you go to prison, that all kind of, it helps. But, you know, when a person's holding a knife in their hand and all you have is your fist and your legs, I mean, the chance of them, you know, landing one of those, um, you know, swings at you with a knife in their hand is, is I mean, it's going to be high, you know, if you don't, unless you have, you know, a lot of experience with defending yourself in that type of situation. But there is strength in numbers. And, um, you know, if you're, if you look Mexican, but you want to run by yourself, and let's say you choose not to run with the Mexicans and, you know, a riot jumps off and, you know, Mexicans are being targeted, you know, and you're going to want that protection from your fellow inmates, you know, um, so that you have a chance of survival, you know, and there's also, you know, if you're uh, become religious in prison or you're a religious going in, um, you know, you could run Christian or, you know, whatever, you know, religion that you have and just say that you're trying to um, abide by the rules of God and not be any uh, affiliate of any of the main groups that are um, organized together. Um, you can do that as well, but... But you can't slip. Yeah. <laughs> you, have to, you have to follow it 100%. Follow you can't the go get high and, and, you know, you'd be a hypocrite and you're yeah. just using it to, you know, as a cover. That's exact. That's a perfect, perfect, perfect uh, example of one of the, you know, kind of like the strings that are attached to that category is like, you got to live the life mm -hmm. and there's not going to be no, if, you know, there's a batch of heroin that got to the yard and um, you like to use heroin and all of a sudden, you know, you're, you know, running with the Christians and saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm serving God. I'm not with you guys, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you want to get some heroin and stuff like that. Well, people are going to look at you differently. Well, what are you doing? You know, you're not you serving God or you're, you know, with them or you're with us, you know, so you can't, you know, you can't have a foot in, in both houses. You have to be with one or the other. And if you're not, you know, let's say you're running with the Christians and then a riot jumps off with the Mexicans and you don't participate because you say you're a godly man. Well, guess what? You know, um, they're going to remember that, you know, you were getting high and stuff like that. So that so you're not really a godly man, you know, you're just, you know, um, you know, kind of uh, cowering under the blanket of religion so that you don't have to participate or get your hands dirty. And that's not cool. You know, and, and, uh, Judas. yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you know, um, be be uh, be sincere. So. To answer the questions of if I go to prison, do I get to just run by myself? The answer is no, you don't. Um, eventually, you're going to get smart and you're going to, you know, choose who you're going to uh, be housed with. And by be housed, as I mean, just you know, who you're going to live with in a cell. If you're doing cell living, um, who you're going to eat with at the chow hall, um, who you're going to shower with, 
you know, the blacks have their own showers, the Mexicans have their own showers, and the whites might share the Mexicans with the shower. Uh, what, the, the whites and the Mexicans might, say, uh, might um, use the same showers, and the blacks and the others might use the same showers. And there's a reason for that, and the reasons were there way before I ever went to prison through pe other people's experiences that have way more experience than I do. So you have to follow the rules and, um, and you know, you have to select who you're going to run with. And, um, you know, the prisons are, uh, the prisons are divided up into four, I want to say four main categories. There was the level ones, twos, threes, and fours. And there's subcategories between each prison. And uh, for instance, me, I have a violent past, so I could never go to a level one, but I can go to a secure level two if I behave. So um, a secure level two means that it has an electrical fence and stuff like that, and so that you know there's no chance of me escaping. So um, you know the different levels vary based on you know the circumstances of your case your behavior in prison. I uh, paroled from a place called Pelican Bay, which is segregated housing unit. Um, I spent four years in a segregated housing unit. Well, no, I want to. I, I didn't spend four years in a segregated housing unit. I spent years um, in administrative segregated housing units waiting for my ticket to get to the, to the shoe. They're called a shoe in short. And, um, that's a whole nother world itself, you know. Um, I uh, really was interested in seeing that part of that, you know, that uh, side of prison that I had never, you know, experienced, you know. So the last four years, I was around that type of inmate, and it was very interesting. It's a world of, in its own, you know. It's it's a uh, it's solitary confinement. There's you know kind of like a an art to that life. Yeah, like when you fish. Yeah, you know, it's... it's you know, fishing, I mean, yes. I, that's one thing I was actually... Uh, I mean, it's crazy, man, the way you're able to get things from one side to the other and being locked in. And a lot of people are like, fishing? I mean, we used to get like a, a little toothpaste with a string and fling it from the edge of the outside of the door from the bottom and able to get it like four or five cells down and, yeah. you know, they would attach stuff. Or if they'd be in on it, they'd fling it to the other guy. And, I mean, you'd go down, you know... 10 cells and you know whatever it is magazines drugs whatever it is i mean yeah. you're able to get it fishing um and i mean it was i mean it was it, it's i'm not saying it's it's fun even though it was i mean you pick up a lot of stuff and you got to make the best out of it during the time that you're there which which i enjoyed i mean we had fun <laughs> yeah you know i mean you got to make the best of it you can't just be you know you got every, everybody still works out at the same time you know while you're there but then you know there's time to get coffee you know you run out and everybody takes care of each other so that's that's one thing about when joining somebody when you go to prison like who are you gonna run with because wherever you go you're gonna be taken care of yeah you know? and and that's one of the things whether it's um you know you're low on funds and they're making you know food to eat things like that you know then you know you get invited to the little spreads and and you get to participate in things like that because um the food they serve, I mean, it's only a certain portion, and I mean, you get hungry at night, you know. Um, yeah. There's kind of, you know, where everybody gets together and, and, you know, makes these big feasts. You know, everybody always talks about spreads. Oh, yeah, the spreads like a jail, but 
I mean, you can talk about it, but I mean, being there and, and I mean, they make, they make, I mean, it's like, I mean, crazy meals that they make that I just trip out on, man. Like the Asians, the Asians will get down like, you know, um, Panda Express 100%. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Like what? How the hell do you make that? You know, yeah. they get creative. And that was one of the things um, that I used to trip out when I first got there. Like, wow, man, that's freaking crazy, man. I mean, that's, that's some that's some crazy stuff but yeah man that's just wanted to say that about the no that that's that's exactly that's what it's essentially what it's all about i mean it's not being alone you know it's like why would you want to go to you know a jungle and there's a pop you know a small population of people why wouldn't you want to interact with them yeah you know why wouldn't you want to eat with them talk with them you know i mean you, you want to do that and it's and yeah there's there's it comes with this benefits and yeah. the benefits that you were just discussing right there are, you know are, are important you know your sense of humanity you want that to continue you know and you know like you said before um, sometimes you might not be doing very well financially and then the guy next to you you know he might have food he might invite you to eat with him or share his coffee with you that's and coffee is a big staple in prison Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of people and um, you know it, it's uh, everybody benefits from having you know um, the connection to each other whether it's you know the gang that you're from or the or being a southern Mexican or northern Mexican there's there's benefits to it but there is this downsides as well but it's I mean you're you're basically just trying to survive and you're trying to I'd rather try to survive together mm -hmm. than independently you know and um you know being in the hole yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff you know like one thing like uh, that i found out that you know um, i liked about you know pelican bay was the lamps there was this interesting lamp that was kind of like at an angle that it was on top of my desk it was at an angle so i had a string going from the perforated wall that was where my door was all the way to the end of that lamp and I would put a blanket over it and I would make a little spread and I would put it under that blanket and that little lamp would heat it up mm. and it wasn't it wouldn't take off my light it was just like it was a lamp that had light on the top right here and then it had another section of light on the bottom so I was still illuminating the cell but that lamp was so cool I never found that in another cell and uh, people would make tamales you know, and the homies would be like, hey, shoot your line. And I would shoot it down. And, they would, and you could tell who's been in the hole for a long time because they're just masters at this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm like, um, but um, we're going to take a quick break real quick and we're going to get back to that. But um, bear with us. And we're back. Uh, welcome back to the Unrehabilitated. Um, I wanted to say that real quick, this uh, episode is sponsored by IsoClean. Uh, IsoClean Iso products can be found on isoclean.shop. Um, on Instagram, follow us. It's uh, IsoClean2020. It's a wonderful product. It's a featured product right now. Um, you know, personal care product for hand sanitizers. It's easy to carry, uh, super convenient, and um, check them out, please. Um, okay, so returning back to the prison, uh, in Pelican Bay, I did have that amazing lamp that, um, you know, I used to cook my food with and, uh, 
you know, it was a little fine little, you know, little rope that you would make from the elastic of my boxers. <laughs> you know, you become a master at, you know, sewing, creating things and stuff like that. And taking apart a, bear, a pair of boxers right when you get to your des designation is an important process of uh, uh, living and thriving in the hole. Mm -hmm. So you get your boxers, boom, you start to undo the strings that are holding it all together slowly, meticulously with a lot of patience. You start extracting that string and then you start spinning it to make your, <laughs> you start, you know, once you get enough of a thread and stuff like that, you create a little, um, a little, uh, you get your toothpaste, you know, holder if you have one or whatever. It could, it could be a bar of soap or, you know, or something. And then, you know, you get a little hook on that string and then you start to spin it. And then it creates this little rope. That's an art. <laughs> it is an art form. It's crazy because that little rope, I mean, people are like your boxes. Like, I mean, yeah, you can make it into a really strong rope to where it'll actually cut yeah. things. So we used to use it to actually cut certain things, um, make certain things. But, um, but yeah, you can use that for, for a lot of stuff. It's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I was always kind of curious of like, um, you know, I never held back too much in prison like um knowing that my worst case scenario my my worst consequences were going to be the hole mm -hmm. i wasn't in fear of that of course i don't want to go to the hole nobody's unless you're crazy nobody i don't think anybody really wants to go to the hole mm -hmm. but you know i i didn't let you know the fear of that hold me back from you know doing things that i need to do you know whether it's selling drugs you know you know, checking somebody if I feel disrespected or, you know, um, protecting myself and others during a riot or something like that. None of that really um, held me back because the fear of the hole was something that I was already curious mm -hmm. to. Unfortunately, you know, once I was there, I was like, oh, shit, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what did I get myself into? You know, and I was, I was there for a long time. And, you know, when you're waiting for a shoe term, like there's only three shoes in all of California and for your state. There's uh, Corcoran, which is probably the close. Uh, there's Tehachapi. Tehachapi is amazing. If you can get to Tehachapi, that's where you want to be. You know, you're close to home. If you're from L.A. or San Diego, Tehachapi is beautiful. They have, you know, little deers. They have an outside yard where you could do, uh, you know, kind of group exercises. It's kind of cool, you know. Pelican Bay. Uh, and then there, oh, let me go back. There's Corcoran as well. But Corcoran is mainly reserved for people that, you know, uh, that shoe right there is mainly for people that are, have medical conditions. And then there's uh, Pelican Bay. Pelican Bay is all the way up at the very northern tip of California. It's called Crescent City. You have to go into Oregon and then you have to drive back into California. That's how you get to this prison. It's way isolated. Bunch of, it looks like a bunch of, you know, people that are, you know, um, the hills have eyes kind of population <laughs> out there, you know, corn fed people out there. You know, I remember the first time I got to my cell and, um, you know, the, the, you know, the homies, you know, they let me know like, Hey, where you from? Blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you know, you got your prison pocket, you take out your paperwork, you know, your prison pockets, you know, your anal cavity, you take out your paperwork from there and you clean it up, you wash up your hands and stuff like that. And then you introduce yourself by introducing yourself, you show paperwork showing that, Hey, these are my convictions. This is my, my name and my CDC number, and this is who I am, you know, and this is why I'm here. And that lets people know that, hey, okay, this guy's one of us, you know. Um, there's another category of prisoners that are called SNYs. These are called sensitive needs. 
And then uh, in addition to that, I forgot, there's also the triple CMS, the people that are taking psychiatric medications. I, I, I you know, if you want to be in good standings with people, you can't be taking medication. That's, they consider that being weak. And sensitive needs is a different category. And uh, the sensitive need yard is a place for people that, you know, are victimized in the other yards. So like, for instance, I'm on a general population, for instance, um, if there's a child molester there, you know, um, there might, that child, that child molester, as soon as it becomes common knowledge, people are going to want to stab him and kill him. So what does he do? He goes to the correctional officers for protection and then they call and then they have a whole process that they put them through. But um, they, um, that's the only way out of the shoe is to become one of those inmates. And that's, you know, goes against my ethics. You know, there is ethics in there, believe it or not, even though you're a criminal and it might seem that, you know, you might not, you know, be in good standings with the law, but um, there is a code of ethics in there. It's a code amongst thieves. Like you don't snitch on your fellow guy. You don't, um, you know, rape, you know, child molest and stuff like that. So whatever you're there for, as long as it's not really that stuff, you'll be okay. But you know, if you do have that case going into prison, you're going to end up in a sensitive need, sensitive needs yard, SNY yard, to where you're protected. And then that's, from what I understand, it's like no man's land. That's crazy. You might you might end up with a rapist in your cell as your cellie. And good luck trying to go to sleep, you know, in that <laughs> cell. You know, <laughs> he's waiting for you to make to drop the soap, you know. And, and um, I would prefer not to be in that, you know, situation and, you know, have to fight for my life on a, you know, on a regular basis. That's not necessary. But um, being in the shoe, um, you know, Pelican Bay was interesting. When I first got there, going back to that, there was a corn fed correctional officer. And I remember he was huge. And he sees, he sees somebody's in the cell. He runs, the building's kind of like, uh, you, have, um, you have this side of the building, A, you have B, and then you have C, D, E, and F. And that's maybe, and, and there, there's a control tower in the middle. And they're funky, they have one tier facing the wall, one tier facing the wall, and then you have one yard for that whole pod. And everybody in that little pod goes to that little yard for an hour and a half to two hours a day. And it's nothing but brick. I mean, nothing but blocks, you know, it's like gray walls. They got a pull up bar that we won in a hunger strike. And we got a <laughs> handball in there that you get to play handball. If you, if you happen to have the ability to have a cellmate, that's a privilege. You signed a marriage chrono. You went through an interview process and stuff like that. So you, you could get to live with another inmate. But, um, you know, our communication went from pod to pod through the sewer drains, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it's uh, I, when I got to my myself um, to let me know that he was a run running the show, the correctional officer that was the regular there. When I went to yard, he tore up my cell. Went and dug through all my shit. You know, I haven't had I didn't have all my property at that time, but I did have some property mm -hmm. and um he he tossed up my whole cell and when i came out of the of the yard and went back to my cell and i was like what the fuck is this you know and they're like hey man that's just his way of showing you you know what i mean this is just his way just don't trip don't make a big deal about it <laughs> these guys were all assimilated to that type of disrespect and i was like fuck 
fuck that. And I was like, man, fuck this fool. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, man, what the fuck is this all about? You know, I didn't do shit. You know, it's like, yeah, fuck. Like put everything back how you found it. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> no, but they don't. He he wanted me to know that he was the boss, and and you know, big ass corn fool, corn fed fool. He knows you can't do much. Because, you know, in order to get out of that cell, they handcuff you and it's all controlled by a gun tower. And there's like really, even when I go to the, go to the yard, you know, they open my cell briefly and they're like, okay, you can go to yard. But there's not much I can do. If I choose to be a maniac and run around, I'm just losing, going to lose my privileges for the next time. And I'm going to fuck it off for the people in the path, in the, in the pod that want to go to the yard after me. So it's kind of like you have to assimilate, you know. Uh, and, and you have to kind of like go by the rules of the people that have already been living there fucking 10, 15 years. If you go in there and disrupt their program, they're not going to like that shit. You know, it's it's like, fuck, man, this motherfucker got here and shit like that. He's kicking up some dust and shit like that. What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, but fuck you and you're no copy for you, motherfucker. It was like, <laughs> you know, so, you know, and, and did you ever look him up after you got out? Nah, it's too far, man. I'm not gonna go to fucking go <laughs> kick somebody's ass, man. You know? He was a cyber bully, <laughs> you know. But um, you know, I just remember that shit. It's like fuck, man. It's, it's it's the shoe is a world of itself. And from what I understand, they've kind of like I was in the process of of there was something that we're trying to promote to us to give us a way out of the shoe. It was called a step down program. And it was like a funk, a bunch of workbooks and shit like that. And the homies were like, hey, you know what? It's okay to do it, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, fuck it. You know what I mean? So I started doing my work and shit like that. Little stupid questions. If you get released into general population, will you be good? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> shit like that. You know, they treat you like a little kid and shit. And I would send it back. They were graded. And I kept on moving up and level. But I never got to see the end result. But from what I understand, they were trying, you know, due to hunger strikes to better the conditions for you know for us youngsters i was a youngster you know for me and the other guys you know the older guys were sacrificing themselves with hunger strikes and i was part of that hunger strike and um i went as long as i could and i i, I watched people's health go south you know because mm -hmm. of these you know when you're not eating it starts to bring up all kinds of diseases that you might be prone to so people became diabetics they weren't diabetics people you know, a guy broke his femur right in front of me, and it was it was it was a trip. It was a Pelican Bay. You know, he he got up to go to the door to ask me something. I think it was about mail. He's like, "Hey, did I'm not? You know, ask me about my nickname." He said, "Did they pass out mail?" And he slips and falls, and then he's like, "He said, hey, uh, so and so." I'm like, "Yeah, what's up?" He's like, "Can you call the 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 CEO? I fell and I can't get up." And, <laughs> I was like, what? Are you okay? I was like, what? And I was like, all right, fuck. So I fucking relayed the message. But, you know, he had broken his femur from, like, you know, I mean, the, the, the yard is like no bigger than maybe like, I don't know, 15 by 10. Mm. It's just how much by yourself? And what are the probable, what are the chances of that happening, you know? But due to the hunger strike and, you know, not eating and stuff like that, you know, the body starts attacking itself it starts attacking the fats and then after it starts attacking the fat starts attacking the muscles bones and other shit like dude <laughs> yes he came back with a full-on cast you know and, and it was a trip you know um he fucking broke his femur right like 
like two doors away from me, you know, and it was it was just like that, you know, but um, I really kind of like, you know, really, though, I want to say the whole the whole lifestyle really kind of put things in perspective because they put a label on me that said that I'm validated that that means that I'm, I'm a security threat to not only the inmates, but also staff. So that means that, you know, anywhere I go, I have to be shackled and, you know, handcuffed. And that's, that's exhausting, you know, but it is, you know, I mean, it is what it is, you know, I, you know, and I felt sorry for myself until I got to Pelican Bay and I saw the people that were there. And I saw these people there, they were like 15, 20 years living like that. These dudes were holding strong. They might've been a little kooky, a little, you know what I mean? A little off here and there, you know, um, introverted, you know, their conversation might've been different, I could say, but these guys made made things for me go into perspective to where I'm like, fuck, what the fuck am I bitching about? I, I, have, I have a release date, you know, these guys are doing life in here, you know, and holding it strong, you know? So seeing them gave me strength. I was like, fuck, I can do this all day. Mm. But knowing that if I get reincarcerated again, that I have that waiting for me, unless I become an SNY and debrief, you know, it's not something, you know, I I, I, I can do, you know, it's like, I, I don't think I can do that. We're, you know what? We're going to go ahead and probably make this, and we're probably going to have to continue this. this oh, yeah, there's plenty of stories about, <laughs> about prison. I'm sure a lot of people are wondering or scared to go in, you know? But, um, but yeah. We'll, we'll pick this up on the next episode, and we're going to make this a two-part. Yeah, so that way people get a little bit more information about this kind of stuff. Uh, thank you for tuning in.